Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hey guys, welcome back to The Dark Side, especially if you're new here. I'm your host, Sherry. Today's story is about a young man who disappeared in 2015. His family has spent years not knowing what happened, and they still don't have closure today in 2023. My sources are listed in the description area, and this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This is Episode 71, The Disappearance of Caleb Deal. This story happened in 2015, some things happening at that time so we can go back to that year. Barack Obama was president, but not for much longer. The New York Times reported that Hillary Clinton used her personal email for official business while she was Secretary of State. PayPal and eBay got a divorce from each other. The most popular TV show was NCIS. British archaeologists discovered a mass grave from the Great Plague of London in the 1600s. Same-sex marriage finally became legal in all 50 states. NASA confirmed there is indeed water on Mars. And lastly, marijuana became legal in Washington, D.C. In fact, Snoop Dogg was rumored to be the first person to smoke on the White House lawn, but I don't know how true that is. It's 2015. Caleb Deal just turned 18 years old two weeks before. He was born March 15, 1997. He lives in a small northern Texas town called Nakona. Nakona has around 3,000 residents. Caleb has three older siblings and his parents are Tammy and Chad. Caleb is described as being adventurous. He was their youngest child and was always smiling, and his family says he was full of empathy for others. He is described as always being on his mom's heels as he was growing up. He loved riding his dirt bike and had been riding since he was only four years old. He was full throttle on it every time he rode. Family says he was fearless. Caleb was the first of the four siblings to be born in Texas. As Caleb was growing up, the family lived next door to another family, the Howards. Now, the Howards had a cattle farm that Caleb was super interested in. They also had kids around the same age as Caleb and his siblings. So eventually the two families grew close. They started out having cookouts and barbecues. Then they began vacationing together. It was great because all the kids got along really well. Caleb's dad, Chad, and Ricky Howard, who was the dad of the Howard family, quickly became best friends. They were dependent upon each other to borrow tools and help do yard work. They picked up each other's kids from sports. 
it was great having this nice family next door and the kids all kind of grew up together. Caleb even began doing odd jobs on the cattle farm for Ricky starting when he was 12 years old. In fact, he's going to work on and off for Ricky until his disappearance at age 18. So Caleb is now a senior in high school. It's March 2015 and Caleb had turned 18 just two weeks ago. At this time, Caleb's parents were actually separated. Caleb had went to live with his dad, but the two butted heads constantly. It wasn't anything super concerning, but his dad said Caleb was a typical teenage boy who liked to argue with his dad about curfews and so on. Caleb would eventually move into his older sister's apartment in a town called Grapevine while he finished his senior year. The town was about an hour and a half away from his mom's house, but he commuted back and forth to visit on the weekends. On March 29, 2015, Caleb was at his mom's house. His sister that he lives with was there as well. She reminded Caleb that he had to be home that night because he had school the next day. He couldn't afford to miss any more days. It could affect his chances of graduating. So Caleb's truck isn't running and it needs repairs. He had to get it towed because it broke down. So Caleb is using his former neighbor Ricky's truck. Again, Ricky is Caleb's boss since Caleb does odd jobs on the farm. He's also been a part of Caleb's life since he was a child, since the two families did everything together and Ricky was like a second dad to the kids. Ricky had agreed to let Caleb use his truck while his truck gets repaired. His family said Caleb seemed a little down on this night and he wasn't quite the same as his usual self. The last time they saw him, he was sitting on the edge of the couch putting his shoes on. Two days later, on April 1st, 2015, Caleb's mom, Tammy, gets a call from the school guidance counselor who says Caleb hasn't been in school for the last two days. Tammy and Caleb's sister both assume Caleb is just skipping school and would be home in a day or so. Caleb is 18 as of two weeks ago, so he's a legal adult. So he's not obligated to tell his mom or his sister his every whereabouts, even though it would be a really nice thing to do. They say Caleb had left for a day or two in the past and stayed with friends, but he always comes home. It's not completely out of the ordinary. Caleb's sister, Courtney, said she woke up in the morning at the apartment she shares with Caleb and he wasn't there. But she assumed that he had left earlier and went to school like every other day. She said it was not uncommon for them not to not see each other much during the week. But by that night, they still haven't heard from Caleb. They call his phone and there's no answer. It's just going straight to voicemail. They check his social media and he hadn't been active for two days. Something isn't right. Ricky Howard had stopped by Tammy's house and told her, I know exactly why Caleb is missing. He says Caleb had called him the night before and said that he was going to Oklahoma for two weeks to be with a girl he had met over the weekend. He said he was planning on doing some work for her uncle. At first, this is an instant relief, but their hopes are quickly shattered when they realize that this isn't something that Caleb would do. Caleb isn't just going to take off for two weeks and not tell his family. He knows he has school and he can't miss any more days or he won't graduate. He knows his family would be worried sick. Plus, he didn't pack anything, no clothes, toothbrush, etc. 
He also wouldn't just stop using social media and turn his phone off. He's an 18-year-old boy. Caleb is usually Snapchatting and Facebooking and texting all day. Keep in mind, just two weeks ago, he was still a 17-year-old child. The next morning, Tammy starts calling Caleb's friends. She first wants to speak to a friend named Christian because Caleb had mentioned he would be hanging with Christian. But Christian says he hadn't seen him. What's even stranger is that Christian said he had no idea why Caleb would say he would be hanging with him as he had been out of town. He also said him and Caleb didn't meet any girls over the weekend. He wasn't even in town. Tammy then files a missing person report for Caleb. On a side note, I found Caleb's Twitter account. He was very active on it. I'll post it in my links. He was posting every day up until March 30th. There's even a picture of his truck getting towed away on March 28th. He called it a, he called it a piece of shit. I learned a lot about Caleb from his Twitter account and just some observations. He talks a lot about smoking weed. He cusses a lot. He complains that he needs to stop missing school. He loves pretty girls and dirt bikes. He seems like a lot of other 18-year-old boys. He also has a big picture of him and his siblings, and you can tell he has a ton of friends. I saw one photo he posted with a sad emoji where his entire burrito bowl had fallen out all over the floor, and I felt so bad. I would be upset, too, if my Chipotle burrito bowl hit the floor. Anyway, he seems like a good kid at heart. He really does. Tammy calls Ricky to let him know that the police would be reaching out to him because they need the license plate number for his truck that Caleb is driving so they can issue a be on the lookout. She only gets Ricky's voicemail, though, so she leaves him a message to call her back. Ricky eventually returns Tammy's call. Ricky says... Well, believe it or not, I just pulled into my property and the truck is here right now. The police go to Ricky's property and there sits the Chevy 2500 truck that Caleb had been driving. The keys were hung up on a hook inside where they are usually kept. Ricky allows the police to search the truck and also his business. The police know they have to be careful and process this truck like it's a crime scene just in case. There are three $100 bills zip-tied to the steering wheel, and that's the last we'll hear about those three $100 bills. I really don't know what the reason or why they're there or who put them there. I don't know. The police track Caleb's cell phone signal and see that the last place it was active was Ricky's property. Then the signal went dead. Ricky tells police that he had found a smashed cell phone on the garage floor, but he threw it away. I think it's a good time to give you guys some background on Ricky Howard. So at the time this story takes place in 2015, Ricky is in his early 50s. He had worked as a banker for many years and was well-respected in the town of Nakona. He is married. Ricky eventually became a cattle farmer and is wealthy with a nice home and farm. Ricky's sons were the same age as Caleb and his brother, and the two families were best friends. Caleb's family that was so tight with Ricky and his family have no idea that Ricky has a dark past that will soon come to light. Spoiler alert, Ricky is a piece of shit. Once these things start coming to light, his family begins to feel that Ricky has something to do with Caleb's disappearance. Caleb's father, Chad, even decides one day to confront Ricky about this. 
Chad tells him, I think Caleb is gone because of you, and I think you murdered him. Chad said it was chilling the way Ricky looked at him because his facial expression never changed. He says back to him, I'm sorry you feel that way. In 2001, this is 14 years before Caleb's disappearance, Ricky is a bank president at a bank in Nakona, Texas. He has a lot of influence with the loan officer. Basically, he's the guy who decides if the bank is going to loan you money to buy a new house or a new car. He's got a powerful position. The FBI begins to investigate Ricky because of allegations of sexual assault against a child. The allegations related to Ricky as a bank loan officer or the access he gained to victims through the children of a client because of his position at the bank. So we've got bank fraud and sexual abuse in the same charges. Basically, what is happening is that a mom would come in and say, look, I need help getting a loan. Most times, these are single moms who are struggling. Ricky would say that she isn't qualified for a mortgage loan or a car loan. He would then say, look, why don't you have your son come work on my farm for a few weekends, and we'll see if we can work something out. People liked Ricky, and as a well-respected banker, they believed him. Various boys would come to work on Ricky's farm, and he would sexually abuse them. He would tell them things like, if you tell anyone, your mom will lose her house. Your parents won't be able to get a loan. Your dad will have his truck taken away because my bank loaned him the money. You won't have a way to get back and forth to football practice. So the boys remained quiet. But eventually, Ricky was caught. And in 2006, Ricky said he had an electrocution injury on his farm and claims he lost a lot of memory. He says he doesn't even remember being a banker. He's given a polygraph and failed miserably. In 2007, his lawyer says he's going to take a plea deal. Since this is a federal bank charge, they don't have any real jurisdiction for the sexual abuse, only the bank fraud. So the judge orders him to two years in prison and also sex offender treatment, and he must take random polygraph tests as part of his probation to make sure that he's not still abusing kids. He was also ordered to pay back $4.5 million. It was extremely uncommon for someone to have bank fraud charges and have to go undergo sex offender treatment as part of the deal. The two things don't usually go together. In 2009, Ricky is released from prison. His federal bank fraud charges are behind him now, and all he has is probation and random polygraph tests that he has to take for the sexual treatment program. This is also around the time that Ricky employs Caleb to do odd jobs on the farm. Caleb is only 12 years old. So Caleb's family has no idea of Ricky's background and wishes someone in the town would have told them but they allow Caleb to work on the farm on weekends with Ricky for years. Now let's jump back to the story. It's 2015, Caleb is 18 and nowhere to be found. Ricky's truck mysteriously turns up on Ricky's property. Caleb's last cell phone signal was on Ricky's property before it went dark. Ricky in the coming days is interviewed by police and denies any involvement in Caleb disappearing. The police also discovered that Ricky had passed bank fraud charges and he was required to attend sex offender treatment. The police find three computer towers on his property that were burned in a fire pit, 
And when asked about them, Ricky claims that they belong to his elderly deceased parents and he just wanted to get rid of them. They also asked for his cell phone and learned that he had removed the SIM card and destroyed it and the phone. He had a brand new phone. Really suspicious, if you ask me. They also found firearms. Now, since Ricky is a convicted felon, he's not allowed to own firearms, so they were able to finally arrest him for something, but he posted the $4,000 bail. Later in 2015, more young men come forward claiming that they were sexually assaulted by Ricky when they were younger, lots of them, ages 12 and up. He was arrested on multiple sexual assault charges and post bail. According to an article on Uncovered, Ricky Howard was then charged with two counts of aggravated sexual assault of a child stemming from 500 incidents during the course of four years. He was released on a $400,000 bond, but then he gets arrested again when another boy comes forward and his bond is set at $500,000, which he again posts and is released. I swear this guy needs to be buried under the jail. In October 2017, Caleb had been missing for 17 months. Tammy, his mother, is doing a deep clean of her house, one of those all-day cleaning things. When in the back of a bathroom cabinet that is over the bathtub, it's a cabinet that's rarely used all the way in the back, Tammy finds a tape recorder. Obviously, she wants to see what's on this tape. She plays the cassette and hears Ricky Howard asking himself polygraph questions. He's practicing so he can beat them. The questions pertain to his sexual interest in young boys. She also finds an alarm clock. This isn't a normal alarm clock. It had been taken apart and had a camera installed in it. They also found handwritten notes that were confirmed to be Ricky's handwriting that were polygraph questions. Basically, he was reading them out loud to himself and then answering them and recording himself to learn how to beat a polygraph. The family immediately realizes that Caleb put that stuff in there and he was likely building a case against Ricky Howard. This is a huge development and some new people are brought in and Caleb's disappearance investigation is front and center again. Ricky is now treated as a suspect in his disappearance. His now ex-wife, who was married to him at the time Caleb disappeared, says that yes, the computers that were burned in the fire pit were his computers, but there is one more that he didn't burn. The police were able to get this computer from her, and on it they find 300 images of child pornography, and they did find Caleb uh, on these photos, and they were in various stages of being undressed and some of him sleeping, but none that were engaging in any activity. They discovered that Ricky had given a laptop to his daughter in Tennessee, and the police are able to get this laptop from her and buried on it are photos, lots of them. In these photos, you could see Ricky abusing Caleb, and most of the photos of him were ages 13 to 15. In April 2018, a grand jury indicts Ricky on two counts of aggravated sexual assault of a child, two counts of indecency with a child, sexual contact, and 34 counts of possession of child pornography. The indictment is for the two victims from the previous arrests. 
In February 2021, Ricky is charged in federal court with the sexual exploitation of a minor. The minor is Caleb. Ricky has this big trial, and it was at first declared a mistrial. A mistrial is great when you're the defendant, but when you're on the prosecution side, it's considered a failure. The reason for this mistrial is that a juror had fallen and broken her ankle. But ultimately, Ricky Howard is sentenced to 30 years in federal prison. He pled guilty to exploitation of a child, and that child again is Caleb Deal. Tammy Deal testified at Ricky's sentencing, saying, quote, My family is broken. I know we will never have a gathering where there isn't a sense of wrongness and a huge important part being missing. It has now been almost seven years since my son disappeared. Years of searching, waiting, and praying for answers to get to this day and still not truly have the answer our hearts require. But I am so thankful to the investigators and prosecutors for not giving up and at least making sure that Ricky Howard can hurt no one else. It's important to note that Ricky was not charged with Caleb's disappearance. This 30 years he was given was for abusing him all those years. They don't have enough evidence to charge him with Caleb's murder or kidnapping, but at least we know he's in prison for 30 years and can't hurt any other young men. Caleb is still missing, so let's go over a few theories. The first theory is the road trip. Let's say Ricky was telling the truth. Caleb said he was going to go stay with a girl in Oklahoma that he just met for two weeks and work for her uncle. Why didn't he take anything? And why leave $300 in Ricky's truck he was driving? $300 when you're 18 goes a long way. Caleb knew he couldn't miss school because he may not graduate if he did. Also, if he's driving to Oklahoma, he'll need his cell phone for GPS directions and so on. His cell phone went dark as soon as it got to Ricky's property. His cell phone showed no communications between him and a girl in Oklahoma he supposedly hung out with all weekend. And lastly, he didn't tell his mom or sister or anyone his plans. The next theory is that Caleb got into some trouble of his own. Maybe he crashed a different car somewhere and went into a ditch and hasn't been found. Maybe he got into some bad drugs. Caleb was known to have some sketchy friends in the past, but none of them were around at the time of his disappearance. Caleb likely would have been found if he overdosed somewhere or was in a car accident. The last theory is the most probable, and that is that Ricky killed Caleb and disposed of his body somewhere. Maybe Caleb confronted him, or Ricky discovered that Caleb had stolen the tape recorder and the hidden camera. Maybe he found out Caleb was building a case against him. Maybe Ricky told Caleb's mom that Caleb was going to be gone for two weeks visiting Oklahoma as a way to buy himself some time. Luckily, his mom realized this was bullshit and filed a missing person case right away. Ricky had access to heavy machinery. I feel like Ricky knows where Caleb's body is, but won't disclose it as a final form of control. Almost like Caleb was his property and not theirs. He's a really sick, awful person. The last time that Texas updated their child pornography laws, it was 1989. Look how far we've come since then in technology, so it's about time for an update. In January 2023, State Senator Drew Springer filed Senate Bill 129, known as Caleb's Law. If passed, it will make child pornography charges much more strict. 
Ricky's children are grown up now and still friends with Caleb's family. I imagine it could be awkward for the two families, but Ricky's children are innocent and could possibly be victims themselves. Caleb's mom, Tammy, speaks of blue ribbons that were hung around town when Caleb first disappeared. Today, they hang tattered after years of being displayed. It's a heartbreaking reminder that many years have passed since Caleb disappeared. To this day in 2023, Caleb has not been located. No one has ever been charged in his disappearance. If he is alive today, he is a 26-year-old man. Police have Caleb's DNA and his fingerprints. If he is alive and were ever to get arrested, it would immediately be flagged as a missing person. Same if his body was ever found. They have the materials to identify him. At the time of his disappearance, he was between 5 foot 11 and 6 foot 2 inches and 145 pounds. He previously had braces but had them removed in 2013. Caleb's dad, who is a much better person than I am, has forgiven Ricky Howard. I am so sorry to Caleb and Ricky's other victims and any person who was a victim of sexual assault. I myself have never experienced it, but I know people who have, and I have a lot of admiration for their strength. My heart goes out to each one of you, and I hope your abuser is dead or locked away for good. I hope Caleb is found. He loved his parents and brothers and sisters, and they love him, and they miss him, and they just want to bring him home. That's it for this week, and I'll see you all again soon. Take care, and much love to you all.